You're listening to the Lovely Preschool Teachers Podcast, the podcast for quick, actionable ideas and tips to help you up your confidence and joy in educating little learners. I'm your host, Ashley Rives. Let's get to the show. Welcome to the Lovely Preschool Teachers Podcast. You are listening to episode 33, How to Make Preschool Cleanup Time Easier. Does your stress level go up when it is cleanup time? (laughs) Preschool cleanup time is no fun at all. Trying to get lots of little people to pick up the mess that they made seems to be getting harder and harder year after year. It seems like they will do anything to get out of cleaning, like always having to go to the bathroom during cleanup time or being so tired they can't even get up. I've seen a lot of shenanigans over the years, but cleanup time doesn't have to be so frustrating every single day. I've got some strategies to share with you that actually work. They work in my classroom and they are what I use when nothing else is working. So let's talk all about how to make your preschool cleanup time easier, shall we? The first tip I have for you is to sing. So I like to always signify that it's circle time and it's actually one of our jobs. If you listened to the last episode about classroom jobs, I actually forgot to include this one. It's called the bell ringer. And so I will have a job throughout the year who they get to ring a triangle because I couldn't find like one of those old school bells. They get to ring the bell that signifies to everyone that it's cleanup time. And once that bell has rung, then we start singing. And I like to sing my cleanup song because I can change the lyrics. Sometimes those cleanup songs, they hear them, they may sing them, but it doesn't actually put them into action. So what I found was I generally start with a, and excuse my singing here, a clean up, clean up everybody everywhere, that type of song. And then I move into what I need them to do, which is usually what I don't see them doing which is stopping what they're doing and starting to clean up. So then I move into the next verse of a song and I will say, stop, stop, stop what you're doing. It's time to clean up our classroom. Stop, stop, stop what you're doing. It's time to clean up. And I just kind of made these up on the fly, but it really gets them to go, what'd she say? So I'm putting those instructions in there. I don't just want you to clean up. I want you to stop what you're doing and start helping. And then I move in to the next song, which is a thank you song. So I start thanking those that are cleaning up. And this does obviously work very well because they all want to hear their name and song. So I will look around and while we're all cleaning up, I will say, thank you, Tommy, for cleaning up today. And then I'll move on to another child. Thank you, Zoe, for cleaning up today. And then once we've all cleaned up, it's thank you, everyone, for cleaning up today. So I kind of like to go through those three phases of cleanup. So kind of that, hey, guess what? We're cleaning. And then the middle of stop, stop, stop what you're doing because it's time for us to clean up our classroom. And then thank you to these people who are helping us clean up. So that is the first thing that I like to do is that singing. If Cleanup time is going so super slow because everyone's getting distracted or, you know, there's just kind of a little, there's a lot of buzz around the room, but not a lot of cleaning. Um, I'm finding that happens a lot. And so we've started a countdown. And so we will start counting down together. And so we start at 10, 
And then I go nine. And obviously, I kind of manipulate the pace at which I'm counting down based on how much stuff we have to do. But the goal is to beat the timer. Can we get it done before zero? And so this really kind of kicks them into high gear. I don't have to do it all the time. Sometimes we got places to go. And so using this technique really kind of gets them into high gear. Yeah, we beat the timer. Woo woo. And they usually beat it because I usually adjust my counting so that they beat it by the time they get to zero. But it really does kind of help kickstart them because it adds this gaming element to it. Something that is incredibly important to do at the beginning of the year and even during times when you've noticed that cleaning is really becoming a struggle is to make sure that you're modeling. You may not have played with the toys, but it's important to model what cleaning up looks like because there are children in our care that have never cleaned up their toys before. They don't know how. They've maybe seen mom do it, but they've never actually put it into action. And so by modeling it, not only are we showing them that we are part of this team and we're all doing it together, I can also talk aloud as I do it. Oh, this is a magnetile. I'm going to put it with the other magnetiles because this may not be something that they know how to do. It may not be something they've taught or picked up innately. So really talking through, oh, do you, did you see this? animal? Can you go put that in the animal tub for me? And I'm going to put this over here. Just really talking through it, really modeling that so that we are sure that children are understanding what we're asking them to do. And going right along with that, labels, using labels. It's really hard for children to put things away where you want them to if they don't know where it goes. And I've been guilty of this in the past. And please just save your own sanity by dealing with this now. So you're not having to answer the teacher, where does this go? Teacher, teacher, where does this go when they're trying to clean up? So making sure your tubs have labels with pictures is the very best way because I show them this at the beginning. Look, everything has a place. Here is where the animals go. See the picture of the animals? All the animals go in this tub. So that makes it more concrete for them. This can aid an independent cleanup And again, you aren't going to have to hear that. Where does this go? Where do I put this? Where it just makes cleanup time more harried and more stressful on you and the children because they're trying to do what you ask, but they don't know where it goes. So just solve that problem for them right off the bat by making sure that things have labels with picture. And you know, sometimes looking at a gigantic mess is overwhelming, even for adults. And so asking our children just go clean up this mess, where to start is really hard. So handing out tasks can be helpful. So asking specific children to work on certain areas of the room. So when the whole room's a mess, you can pick a couple areas. So maybe you've seen two children that were at the art center. Ask them, can you please go work on cleaning up the art center? Can you three go work on cleaning up the drama center? So it kind of gives them more of direction Yes, you're having to intervene and say more, but if you want to get it done and you want the children to learn how to do it, this really is a great way because it's helping them focus on that one area and it feels a lot less overwhelming. And when we all work together and we work on different areas of the room, we can get it done faster and easier. So that's handing out tasks is a great way to really kind of break up that, oh my gosh, where do we start kind of thing. 
But even handing out tasks may not be enough for some of our children. Some children still struggle to clean up, even when you've given them an area. So try getting even more specific. Ask them to pick up all the magnet tiles in the block center. So if you had them go to the block center to clean up and you still notice kind of wandering around, not knowing what to do, get even more specific. Can you, and hand them the bucket. I like to hand them the bucket and say, okay, your job is all the animals. Can you go find all the animals? And so this task seems more doable, more straightforward, and they totally get what you're asking. And so they can easily go and pick up all those animals. And this also shows them how to sort these toys, right? If they're not sure how to do this, this is a great way to learn to clean up because we're looking for one specific object. We're working on sorting between all the stuff and seeing just the animals. So um, that's a great way too. So once you've given them an area, if they're still struggling, get even more specific. Now, in an ideal world, we could just stop there because we would have all the children cleaning, right? Uh, that's not reality. We all know that. We all always have at least one student or multiple students that will allow everyone else in the class to clean up while they either continue playing, hang around, fuss loudly about cleaning. They never actually help their classmates clean up. And I'm sure you can think of particular children in your class that do this. So with these non-cleaners, as I like to call them, we need to first make sure that we've kind of met all the other things we've talked about. Are they understanding what we need them to do? Has it been modeled? Has it been practiced? You know, are they truly understanding what you're wanting from them? And if you think they are, and you think that maybe this is their choice of, I just am not going to do that because I don't want to, then we can move into this non-cleaner situation. But I do urge you to make sure that you have been conscious and looking at are they understanding? Can they do this sometimes? With your support, are they able to do it? Because we don't want to just assume that children know how to do this task of cleaning up because that's just not reality. But once you've done all the things and you're pretty sure that this is just a choice for this child and they'd just rather not clean up because who really wants to, let's be honest, I use this strategy. So for these non-cleaners, I usually choose one toy one that I know they've played with. So if you have a non-cleaner, really pay attention. What is something that they've, you know they've played with? Ask the class not to clean that up. Can everyone please leave the frogs on the ground? We have one person in charge of the frogs. And he or she is expected to clean up that specific toy during cleanup time. And if he or she does not, he or she is not moving on to the next activity until it's cleaned up. And this generally only has to happen a couple of times because they start realizing it's not worth a fight and they just start picking up like everyone else. But it does seem to have to happen. And to be real honest with you, this may get inconvenient for you. Um, but I do feel like it is the best way to handle it because we are, you know, still allowing the child to make that choice, to make the right choice to go and clean it up. But we're giving them that time frame. And they're learning that this is something that we do at school. And this is something that you're expected to do at school. And you are held accountable for doing this at school. But let's say you have circle time right after you're cleaning up and you're wanting that rug and the toys are all over that rug. What do you do? Um, generally, I will just push the toys off of the spots that the children need to sit on. I remind the children 
that those are a special cleanup job and just to leave them right there. And I thank you for their help. And they come sit down and we continue on with our day. And that child is not really interacted with too much with the circle time. And generally we'll kind of see how long that, that lasts. And sometimes they start cleaning up, you know, while we're having circle time and then they join us back at the rug and, you know, we continue our day like normal. Or sometimes, you know, the next activity is going outside. So everybody's lining up, doing all the things. Oh, I'm sorry. You'll have to go clean up your toys before you come outside with us. And again, this is going to get inconvenient. It's not easy. It's easier just to clean up the toys for them and move on, which is what they have probably learned in the past. But for the sake of the rest of your year, putting in this time now and really working on it at the beginning and really getting this down is just going to make it so much easier later. I've generally not had had children that have pushed too far, you know, past a couple activities. And then it's like, oh, fine. Um, this woman just will not let up. I'll just pick up the stupid toys and be done with it, right? I know that's what's going through their head. But I can foresee that there will be a child at some point that holds this out for even longer. And so just really leaving those toys exactly where they are and making sure that everyone knows, just leave them there. It's fine. No big deal. We're just going to leave them there. This is a special cleanup project and it will, it will come through. You will get through it and they're going to start seeing that this is going to happen every time. So here's my expectation. Here's what I need to reach. And for me, it's worked. Obviously it's going to depend on your situation, your center, any special needs that that child may have things of those natures, you obviously have to take into account when using the strategy, but sometimes we just need to understand that these are the things we do and these are our expectations. And I found this to be the most effective way to help those non-cleaners really understand that this is part of their classroom job. Okay, let's go through and review. So the first thing we talked about was singing, signifying that it's cleanup time with either, you know, a bell or a song or a bell ringer helper. And then you can also use those songs to really instruct and tell them exactly what you're wanting them to do in that moment. Also, modeling. You may not have played with the toys, but we have to also teach them how to clean up. What does this look like? How do I do it? That type of thing. Also, if you're seeing that children are having a hard time knowing where things go, make sure you have labels. This is going to save you the trouble later and really help them become more independent cleaners. If children are kind of wandering and you're not sure they know what to do, start giving them tasks. Be more specific. Can you please go clean up this area? And if they're still struggling, get even more specific. Can you pick up this item from this area? helping them really hone in on what you're wanting them to do. And then, of course, we've always got those non-cleaners. And so handling those non-cleaners with the expectation that this is your small set of toys to clean up. We're not giving this them this gigantic mess. This is your responsibility, and you have to meet this responsibility before moving on to the next activity. I do want to side note that obviously we are not keeping them from using the restroom or eating, snack, or lunch while doing the strategy. Those are basic needs that we need to meet and make sure that we're meeting regardless of if they've cleaned up toys or not. So always be mindful of that when using this strategy as well. 
I hope this episode gave you some ideas to help aid in cleanup in your classroom. It is a battle no matter which way you slice it, but it helps to have some ideas from other educators that are having success with some strategies in their classroom. If you love this podcast, will you please give it a review? I would love to hear your feedback, and it also helps teachers like you vet this podcast is helpful. So I would love to hear what you think. Go on over and give it a review, and I will talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoy this podcast, please share it with a friend. This helps me spread the word and help more preschool teachers just like you. Keep being lovely. Bye.